Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Yardina Osman, here with my friend in Chavru to Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Ravin, daf Ayin Hay, 75. So our daf today has, I think what Ann called, the longest Mishnah in the history of Mishnahs. I'm not sure, but it's a pretty long <laughs> it's Mishnah. A, I didn't mean it mathematically. I just meant, and we know there are Mishnayot that introduce an entire parak of Mishnayot, but, but it's a long one. It's a long Mishnah. But we're going to read a little bit about this Mishnah, not too much of the Gemara. The Gemara really, uh, well, we'll talk about what the Gemara, what the Gemara does with this Mishnah. All right, so we're going to have two courtyards, one of which is within the other. So you have like an inner courtyard and an out your outer courtyard. Right, so let's say the inner courtyard, the people who live around the inner courtyard, they establish an Arab. But the outer ones did not, the residents of the outer ones did not establish an Eruv. So therefore, what happens? You're allowed to carry in the inner one, right? But you're not allowed to carry um, in the, you're not allowed to carry um, in the outer ones, right? So that, that that's basically, uh, you know, that's basically what happens there. So again, what we're talking about is two courtyards. One is inside, right, of the other one. And it seems like sort of, the residents, depending on where their location is, they each make their own Arab, right? So we're talking about the residents of the inner, this, you know, this Panimima one, they make an Arab, okay? But the residents of the outer one of the, the Chitsona one did not make an Arab, right? So you can carry in the inner one, you cannot carry in the outer one. Let's say the outer one made the Arab and not the inner one, Shtehen Asirot. Both of them are a sword. You cannot carry in either of those places. Why? Because what we understand is, is that the residents who live in the inner one, they have to pass through to the outer one. And so in a certain way, they're not just considered to be residents of the inner courtyard. They're actually also residents of the outer courtyard. And therefore, it was like you didn't have all the residents actually participate in that Arab. Let's say each courtyard just makes an Arab for itself. Right, um, and they didn't even think about making a joint Arab. So we allow those, but in other words, the inner courtyard people are going to be allowed to carry in the inner courtyard. The outer courtyard people carry in the outer courtyard, but you cannot carry from one to the other. Rabbi Akiva Mer Hachitzona Shedrisat Haregel Osrata. Vachachamrim Endrisat Haregel Osrata. So this is the halachic principle that the next that the rest of the Gemara is going to spend a lot of time discussing based on this Mishnah. Rabbi Akiva basically saying that carrying in the outer one, right, even is 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 even asur in this case where they made two separate ones because again, you know the the inner courtyard residents, the one right, they really have you know how to you know say shadrisat haregel. So I like actually how this is translated in the Steinsaltz, you know. They have a right of entry, right? Like, in other words, of course, the inner ones have rights to the outer ones, because otherwise they wouldn't be able to get anywhere. And since they're not part of their Arab, right, of the outer one, and they're really considered to be sort of residents of this outer one, it has to be Asur. The Chachamim say no, right? The right entry sat harega osrata. Even though they have this right of entry, right, it doesn't make it Asur. So even though the residents of this inner courtyard, right, you know, they, they use the outer courtyard, but it's basically just to pass through it. They're allowed to carry in their own courtyard and they can't make that outer courtyard um, a sewer just because they have this right to pass through it. 
Now they have a different permutation of this case. Right? So let's say there's a resident of the inner courtyard who forgot to contribute and to give to the Arab. Right? Right? So carrying in the inner one is allowed. All right? But carrying in the outer one is not allowed. Right? But let's say somebody from the inner courtyard forgot to contribute. What happens then? Then both of both carrying in both of those places, the inner and the outer, they're both considered asur. Again, based on this principle, because this rite of passage is enjoyed by members, you know, is allowed by members. That's exactly how uh, you know the Steinzeld says is it's a it's a privilege that they sort of have, and you know, so therefore the members of the inner courtyard can go through that outer courtyard. And if you have one member who forgot to participate in the Arif who lives in the inner courtyard, it's all the residents didn't participate. So this is basically just the same building upon the same halacha that we saw before if somebody forgets, right? Not new Let's say all the residents of both of these courtyards put their Arif in one place, right? And one person, whether they're from this inner courtyard, whether they're from the outer courtyard, right? He forgot right, below a rave, and he didn't contribute. But remember, everybody else had contributed altogether, shtehen asurot. Again, this now makes everything prohibited, right? Because now the courtyards are really being treated as one because they made one big joint courtyard together. And then going back to this principle, which we keep saying over and over again, if the two courtyards, right, even if it's one inside of the other, and they each just have one person who lives there, right? So one resident lives on the inner one, one, list, one resident lives on the outer one, right? They don't require having an Arab, right? Because the requirement of having an Arab is only if it's there with multiple uh, residents. And I just want to say something about this language here. And it's something I've been thinking about as we've been going through this, because this was really brought up more in the two previous stop-in. But this concept that's come up now about the yachid not making an Arab. Um, we don't think about it this way. Like if you were to go camping by yourself, right, you would probably bother to make an Arab. But here there seems this concept, and it's not just that whether or not the yachid can make it, the language of the mission is interesting, a non-strichin Arab, right? There's no requirement. And again, I think part of what we're seeing here in terms of this type of rabbinic law is that the rabbis want an Arab to be made. That seems to be what's happening in this Mishnah, even though there seems to be an acknowledgement throughout that there were some people who didn't hold by Arab or use an Arab or make an Arab. The rabbinic Tanaitic approach is, you know, if multiple people share a courtyard, there is an obligation for people to make an Arab together. You know, you're so I've also been thinking about this question of how it is that we like no matter what our terms, we want to have an Arab so that we can what maneuver around in our camping grounds or wherever it is. And I, I find it interesting. I keep finding it to be almost contradictory, right? To what they're saying here, or maybe it is directly contradictory. And I, I've been puzzled about that. Um, so thank you for, for, you know, yeah, there, there, that's a disconnect to me with the halakha. We need to ask like an Arab expert or maybe one of our learners know that, but you know, or maybe one of our people who goes camping. Right. Often. Like, no, are you not allowed to make it? I don't know. It's just, it's so interesting. This me. To me, this thing about the individual not being able to make an Arab. 
Well, the other thing I would say off the cuff, and this is very much off the cuff, but when you set up a campsite, right, which I don't know, I haven't done it in a long time, but I've done it in my life. Um, you are blocking off territory, right, so to speak. So that's going to be your camping. That's your tent. That's your A-frame. That's your area. So so fundamentally, what you're doing is, in fact, establishing your reshoot, right, that you're establishing your domain. So maybe that is where you don't need an A-roof because by making your own little enclosure, you fundamentally, on the one hand, we talk about it like it's an A-roof, but really what you're doing is something else. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I, I have to think about this. Yeah. Well, because I think part of the okay. fundamental idea of the Arab is the cooperative piece. So if you're an individual, there's right. no cooperative to make. Right, right. Exactly. That's very clear from the DAF. Um, okay. I actually, much of this DAF functions as commentary on this Mishnah. And a lot of it is talking about the question of Rabbi Kiva as author and Rabbi Kiva's positions in general and so on. And the same way that it's a long Mishnah, there's a good amount of commentary on this kind of question. So I'm actually going to jump all, jump over all of that and come towards the very end, um, not quite the very end of the of the Amud, of Amud Bet, um, but where it is in fact quoting the Mishnah, but it's going in a different direction, I think. Um, it says, it cites the Mishnah, right? So this is, if it's from individuals, this is exactly what we just what you're doing, what you just what you just read, that if the courtyard belongs to individuals, meaning only one person lives in each of the courtyards, and then you don't need to establish an neighbor for each courtyard. So Amar Rav Yosef. Now, Rav Yosef's name will be familiar to you because we keep seeing him in the context of Abai, and Abai is going to show up in a bit. Um, no, I take that back. Someone else will show up in a bit. Um, Amar Rav Yosef, Tani Rebi Hayush Losha Asurin. So Rav Yosef says that Rav Yudanasi would teach that if you had three people living in two courtyards, and it doesn't matter whether those two people are living in the outer courtyard and one person's on the inner side, or if two people are in the inner and then one's on the outer, it doesn't matter. Any which way, according to Rav Yosef, according to Rav Yudasi, they are prohibited from carrying without an Arif, meaning they need to set up that Arif. And then Rav Bevey, and here's the one he said, you're going, you're going to see somebody else. It's not a Baye, it's Rav Bevey. We've seen his name at least once before. I'm a little Rav Bevey. Don't pay any attention to Rav Yosef. And this is a very sad passage of Gemara. Don't pay any attention to him. I told him that halacha. I told him that piece of information that he just said. But I told it to him in the name of Rav Adabar Ahava, meaning not Rav Yudanasi. And then why is he so adamant about this? Meaning, so go go talk to Rav Yosef and just tell him, remind him it was somebody else. But the problem is that Rav Yosef, as you'll recall, Rav Yosef had some kind of illness where he forgot stuff. And we saw it again where he said, I don't, I never heard this before. And Abaye said, yes, you did. You taught me this, right? Meaning he says, so, he said to Abaye, the halacha that you've just taught, I never heard it before. And Abaye says, but you're the one who taught it to me. And so in this case, Rav Yosef, forgot, or he didn't remember in whatever, that it was Radabar Ava, and so therefore this whole idea that it's Rabbi Huda Nasi, which, might, you know, becomes more important as we go on, um, you know, he it's not just that he forgot a name, 
right? That's part of it, but that's not all there is to it. So then the issue of the people who live in the courtyard and they can't carry, right? If there's two people living in the outer courtyard, one in the inner and vice versa, right? So what happens? Ho'il, this is still Rabbi talking. Ho'il v'ani korei b'hen rabim b'chitzona. He says, I call them many in the outer courtyard, right? Which means that you have to have the multiple people in the outer courtyard. And that's where the, the issue this decree, right? That says you can't carry, what is it? If there's two people living on the inner courtyard. Amar of Yosef, and then Rav Yosef hears this whole interaction, Rav Bevi saying, don't listen to him. Mare de Avraham, right? It's basically, uh, and he's like uttering an oath, right? He's a master of Abraham. Mare de Avraham. Rabim barebi achlifle. He says, I heard the word Rabim, and I, I understood it to be Rebbe, right? Rabim Rabbi, that he heard the word, me, the word Rabbi means many. And he understood it to be Rebbe, which is the name or the, the nickname, I guess, right? The way that Rabbi Udanasi was known, and he therefore interpolated his own understanding, which was completely backwards because he, miss, he messed up the interpretation by the fact that he calls him Rebbe. And that's why it's not just a matter of switching a name of Ravadabaraba. Rav Adabar Ahava, excuse me, and Rabbi Yudanasi, but he switched the word Rebbe, meaning Rabbi Yudanasi, in place of the word many, Achlifle, and he himself is, you know, kind of appalled at this, smacking his head type of thing. Um, and it led to a, an actual error in the transmission of this halacha. Lugamar continues, Ushmulamar Leolam, Mutarot, Ajyu, Shnaim, Shnaim, um, so Shmuel says, actually, it's always fine, you know, in terms of the carrying, unless they have two people living in the inner courtyard and one in the outer courtyard. And that particular dynamic is considered the same as if it was individuals as opposed to the many. Um, I bring this here because we're sad about Rav Yosef, meaning yes, he has has me very home. sad. Like you, I mean, we've been reading the first time we encountered that whole exchange about Rav Yosef being sick was a Gemara and Shabbos, you know, where Abai reminds him, no, you did teach it correctly. Here, it's like the opposite. Like, there's been something so respectful about all those encounters that we've had of with Abaye and his teacher, where you just see the love Abaye had for his teacher, where he really wants to keep him in the conversation, you know, and keeps him, no, 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 Rebbe, you did teach this to us. This is your Torah. And here we sort of have the opposite. It's like he's dealt with very harshly in a very, very sad way. I'm hoping that what happened is that this was earlier on in the progression of his illness. Um, it seems that way, right? Meaning because he himself expresses his own recognition of, oh my goodness, I can't believe I made that mistake, right? Which we haven't seen before now. But what we have seen is the appearance of Rev Yosef, most often with Abaye, throughout Masachari Ruvim, right? And and I think it's relevant to say, or you know, germane to make the point that that often enough, in, a, in each different Masachet, there are names that we're going to see everywhere. But there are also names that appear more often. And that pairing, Abaye and Rav Yosef, shows up a fair bit within, within everything, even Rav Yosef with his faulty memory. Um, and also, I just want to say, you know, it's kind of terrifying, right? This idea that here we see Chazal, one of, the, you know, he's, he's, he's losing it, he's sick, he's, I don't know, to, nowadays we would have all kinds of names, right? medical diagnoses for what he went through and we can't be precise at this at this distance but it's a 
the Gemara, the Halacha, is very much the training of the mind. And to be the person who forgets what he himself had taught, you know, for all the people around him, it must have been, you know, even more terrible than he in his own fog. You know, it, it's just very, very sad. Yes. It's very, very, very sad to me. If I see it in the modern era, it's very, very sad on the pages of the Gemara. And I'm very appreciative of the fact that they preserved it. They preserve his dignity and they tell us about the illness. And, and now we can be yes. sad. So we're not ending this stuff on a high note, but there's always a time and a place to reflect this way. So that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rakers review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Rabbanit Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP and its depiction of Review Safe and some of what it reveals about his illness on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. Music.